Hello, my friends. Welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul White. It is April the 5th, and I want to get a, a little cleanup on something I said the other day simply because I gave you the wrong title to something. Um, when we were back in the Gadarene Demoniac story from Mark 5, and I'm trying to look at my notes to figure out when I probably said this, sometime around March the 13th or 14th, so just a few weeks ago, we were in that story. We were there for four or five days. And early on, I made the comment that I would encourage you to go look up a sermon. Well, we heard from some of you, and I gave the wrong title because we had people respond that they couldn't find it and they were looking for it. And that's because I gave you the title I thought that I had given that sermon, but I didn't give you the correct title. I told you to go look for Jesus Comes to the Gatherings. That's not correct. You won't find it if you do that. But if you look for Jesus for a generation, Jesus for a generation, you will find it. Jesus for a generation, add my name, it'll pop up. Uh, It's a sermon we did in 2019. Uh, from the road. We were in a church in North Carolina, and I and it covered that Gadarene demoniac story. So I wanted to clean that up. I apologize it's taken me so long to get that information to you, but that's because we have been working podcasts in advance for so long due to our trip in March that it's just now, we're just now able to get that up to you. Okay. Let's jump back into our journey in Mark chapter 6. We are in verse 33 today where the multitude saw Jesus departing and many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. This is the this, the, the, the lead in to the feeding of the 5,000 and Jesus has sent him his disciples into a deserted place to rest. He has gone as well. Part of this is so that they can rest after having been on their little missions trips. It's also so that he can he can hurt for a little bit. He can weep. He just lost his friend, John the Baptist, his relative, and he needs a little time by himself. But the multitudes are going to press him. They know who he is. You can see by Mark 6, there's Jesus is... Very popular. Um, When John tells this story, he also has Jesus extremely popular. And this is the point in the Gospel of John where Jesus makes the decision to pare his audience down. Because at the end of the feeding of the 5,000, in John's version of the story, the, the people follow Jesus and want breakfast the next day. And Jesus gives that famous, eat my flesh, drink my blood. Unless you do, you don't have part of me. And it offends everyone. And it probably offends them because it's a little cannibalistic. It's a little vampirish. I mean, Jews don't eat, drink blood. Um, Eating the flesh is just a bizarre statement. Of course, I'm saying vampirish and cannibalistic through like natural lenses. Of course, Jesus isn't asking anyone to reach out and gnaw on his arm. He's showing them that he's going to be a slain lamb. He's going to be a Passover meal and that they are to partake of him. Um, So aside from the physical problems, issues with that, they have spiritual issues with that because they're already in a covenant. To partake of Christ as if he were a slain lamb would be uh, um, 
tantamount to, to entering a new covenant, which is exactly what he's asking them to do. Well, he knows that's going to offend his audience. They are not ready for this, and they run off. So my point in that is that Jesus is at the climax of his popularity at this moment right here. This is as big as he gets. And part of it is due to the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Now, we're in a world in which they don't have packaged food. They do not have refrigeration or freezers. They have no preservatives other than salt. They have nothing in their food that causes it to last or have a shelf life. Food is not mass-produced. It is local. It is grown in your region and either traded or grown by you. They live in a time in which eating meat was a luxury. Um, There's even a passage in the book of Proverbs that talks about the poor man eats his vegetable when the wealthy man eats his oxen. Um, Another way of saying, you know, most of us are just getting by. The really wealthy guy gets to kill a cow once in a while. So you're in a world, uh, people talk about how, oh, uh, we should go back to this Mediterranean diet or we should eat the way they did in the time of Christ. Well, the first thing you need to realize that you're going to do is almost never eat uh, because food was scarce. When Jesus feeds 5,000 people, the miracle of feeding that many people would have been enough to build a ministry on. I mean, that that number is lost on us, and maybe the number is hyperbolic, but whatever it means, it means that Jesus does the absolute impossible and the over-the-top giving of extra food so that they can take home basketfuls is is a super abundance beyond what we can imagine. So I say all of that at the front of this because um, as great as the multitude is, it's about to get even bigger. Jesus, when he came out, th- verse 34, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd, so he began to teach them many things. This is incredible considering that Jesus is tired and weary and hurt and crying over the loss of his cousin John. And yet, when he sees the people, he is moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. And then Jesus begins to teach them. What draws out of Jesus the miraculous has always been compassion. Remember back in Mark chapter 1 when Jesus cleansed the leper. And I told you that Jesus moved with compassion, reached out and touched him. It's compassion that triggered the anointing in Jesus in in Mark 1. It's compassion that triggers the teaching anointing in Jesus in Mark 6, and then ultimately is going to feed them. So from a place of rest, we treat the crowd differently than when we're stressed, worn out, and tired. From a place of rest, the crowd leads him to compassion. And so I don't don't ever discount what taking a real rest would do. And don't ever underestimate a heart of compassion. And don't mock people for being compassionate. It might be the moment when we're most like Jesus is when we show compassion. Out of compassion comes Jesus' 
greatest miracles, which leads me to another thought. We're asking a lot of times for power to work through us, but we don't want the power to work in us. If we would let the power work in us, the power could then work through us. The power that worked through Jesus works in Jesus first in a place of compassion. More from this story tomorrow. See you then. God bless.